Hey guys, I'm Allie. And I'm Kavitha, and this is the Open-Minded Reminder, where we find deep meaning in just about everything. Consider this your first and final reminder to proceed with an open mind in any and all discussions, starting now. Wait, I think we just figured life out. No, we didn't. Good morning, afternoon, or evening. How is everybody today? (laughs) (laughs) Or good night. I didn't say good night. Did I? Or night. I didn't say good night. Yeah. Interesting. I just thought about someone who's like listening to this at night and that feels Mm. Maybe we're like that boring that people use this podcast (laughs) as a sleep podcast, perhaps. the second we laugh, (laughs) they're going to jolt awake. (laughs) Oh yeah, true. True. Welcome back, everyone, to the Open Minded Reminder. Which you already know. Um, just as a reminder, we're... Well, as a, as a, <laughs> We're going to give you a reminder Whoa. right now. That's how on brand we are to our own podcast. <laughs> we're dishing out reminders in the first 45 seconds. <laughs> and your reminder is... that, that um, So for anyone who's new, right now we're reading Every Time I Find the Meaning of Life, They Change It. Quality book. Yeah, quality book. And this book doesn't have chapters, so there's no way to describe it other than we're on like... 9 through 12 uh, of the little phrases. It's broken out by, like, yeah. philosophical phrases that this guy, like, Daniel Klein, thought were interesting. Mm-hmm. And I also find interesting, just for yes. the record. So we are, we're discussing every three chapters, and it's always a variety of topics that we end up discussing. And if you want to follow along, uh, you can, but you do not have to follow along to mm-hmm. understand uh, this podcast and our discussion. We merely use the book as inspiration for us to talk about life and other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So should we get into this set of three? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. This is like definitely a major shift from what we were talking about before. Yes. Don't you yeah. think? I thought it was um, a really big variety between the three chapters as well, actually. True. That too. That too. And yeah, we have some entertaining ones. So let's start with the first one. So the first uh, quote is by said by Jean-Paul Sartre Sartre I don't know I think he's French oh yeah he is he's a he's a French philosopher everyone who's listening (laughs) you can't get us on the pronunciations okay we have to be chill about it because we are not good at it Jean-Paul Sartre a French philosopher (laughs) he was an existentialist I love existentialists (laughs) and he said existence precedes essence and I'll, I'll read that one more time existence precedes essence okay so first impressions what do you think Kavitha um so honestly when I first read it I was like huh yes I couldn't quite understand what he was trying to say I don't know but what I like about like so then he went on to explain the author went on to explain Mm -hmm. like first we exist and then we create ourselves unlike like a toaster where it's created to toast bread so like yes. the reason it exists is why we create it versus for versus humans exist and then we decide what we want to do with our lives. So we want to, we decide how like where you decide whether we're going to toast bread or not, you know? Yeah. So existentialists generally stick to the meaning of life question. They really like to look at like big picture ideas, at least in my experience with them. And that's the case here, it seems like, where he's asking himself like what what is our purpose? What are we here to do? And also, but maybe not even that advanced. I think he's, yeah. And like, I like that toaster analogy where he's like, with objects, 
we we as humans say oh we we have this need and then we create an object for the need Mm -hmm. and that's the object's life purpose humans are not like that at all we exist first and then we are we are supposed to find our purpose yeah throughout our lives which I thought was bold and honestly kind of stressful. The author really liked really? that idea. Interesting, Allie. Because yeah. I loved that. Yeah, so, yeah, this... I think we do have a slight difference in thinking when it comes to this. Because yeah. you... I'm I'm just guessing, do you like the freedom of it? Or the idea that... It's like the free will thing, like yeah. we were talking about last episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, I mean, I, I like the idea of that the meaning of life is just something that you create. That's basically what this chapter is saying is that you exist and you can create your own purpose. All of the things you want to be are up for grabs. You can be like everything that makes you an individual, how you want to live, what you want to do with your limited time on here on on earth and what you're willing to die for. Those are all things you get to choose Mm -hmm. and you can't be wrong. Like I I get the impression that like no matter what you choose, you can't be wrong because Mm -hmm. you have the freedom to choose. Yeah. That's the stressful part. Really? I mean, like... But do you feel like you want to have, like... I also feel like it's a cop-out, kind of. Oh, see, I think the opposite is a cop-out. To really? be like, well, it's all predestined, so, like, the mm. way that I am is the way that I am. The reason the reason why I think, like, it's not necessarily stressful is because, like, it gives you the ability to choose, and, like, there is no wrong answer. Like, I don't like the idea of, like, having a right answer out there because... I think there is a wrong answer, though. For example, if you choose, like, okay, so I'm a human, I exist, and I, according to Jean-Paul... I get to choose my purpose and I'm choosing to be a serial killer. Okay, that I would say that's wrong. He made a he made a bad choice. Yeah, I mean yes, 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 yes. So Yeah, I guess I'm I'm taking for granted like like where's like the re- like where's where's the motivation to be a good person? If you're just given a free, if everything's a free for all and you're like, yep, you can be whatever you want, create your own purpose for yourself and whatever you create for yourself, that's great because that's what life is. It's just your own version of it. I guess, yeah, which, which we can also talk about, like, was it, like, Nietzsche, I think is how you say his name? Nietzsche, my boy. Yeah, so he has some stuff about, like, that concept of, like, choosing, not choosing just whatever. I think I didn't think, I didn't take it that way. I I took it more, because you're right, like, I can't just justify being a murderer because it's what I want to do, and, like, you have no right to tell me that I can't because... Life is what I create. What if that's your truth, to be a killer? Right, right. I didn't think about it from that perspective. I think I thought about it more as, like, it feels almost empowering to remind yourself that, like, oh, my life is my life. Like, I can choose what I want to do. I can choose how I want to create it rather than it being, like, this, you're expected to do this, you're expected to do that. Like, there is only one way to live life, and that's the way you should live it. And I think, like, that is what I found in this chapter to be really Hmm. intriguing and, like, really empowering because... I like that there is a level of responsibility that this yes. like kind of inherently asks you to have, which is don't just don't just like settle into like that's just the way I am. You mm-hmm. know, like choose what you want to be, choose how you want to live your life, like choose the thing yes. that you want to become known for or like I do like you know that. I mean? Yeah, I love the idea of self responsibility, meaning um let me find a quote in here that I highlighted that we're talking about that. Um Yeah, it says, Sartre is not merely describing this potential that is unique to human beings. He is exhorting us to embrace it and with it our responsibility for whom we become. So our responsibility for whom we become. So, and then later on he says, if I'm the master of my fate and my fate does not turn out so well, I have no one to blame but myself. So yes, whatever you choose is your fault. 
So I like the but idea. Like, of, I like. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Not to interrupt. Oh, uh, oh, you're good. I was just saying, like, I I like the idea of being responsible for your own actions. I just think that there's more is needed in terms of like guiding someone towards living a good life, not just any life that they choose. I guess. Mm-hmm. Like okay. I'm just wanting okay. more. Yeah. Than this. There has to be more. Yeah, and also I want. It kind of is a bummer to me because I want a meaning of life. Like, I would rather there be... I mean, it's not as exciting to me to think that every human can just create their own existence. It's almost like, you know, it's like a video game where you're on, like, free play mode. You just... (laughs) It's fun. It's great. You can Mm -hmm. just go and do whatever you want and have your own fun in that little game. But at the end of the day, don't we like the actual progression of the levels and those types of games more? At least I do. But isn't it exciting to decide for yourself, like, whether or not you want that? Like, whether or not... I feel like that in and of itself, like, spending all this time trying to figure out what's the best way to live life, you waste that time. Like, when you can decide what you want to do for yourself and then put all of your energy into that, I feel like that's true living. Uh, Yeah, and personally, like, I I do think being decisive is so important. For the longest time, especially when I was in college, I became, I was very much so a relativist where I was stuck in the gray area on so many issues, and I just didn't really stand for a lot of things. I wasn't super decisive in who I wanted to be, even tangible things like what I wanted to do as a career, all this stuff. And once I became decisive and started choosing things, instead of being stuck in that paralysis of, like, am I making the right choice? Am I throwing off fate here? Like, whatever's going on. Once I freed myself of that and just start, started making decisions, it felt great. It did. It felt yeah. great. It feels good to just yes. make a decision and be like, and yes, just commit. this is what I want to do. Even yeah. if you're not totally sure, just yeah. to go for it and try it out. Because you, you have to move. You have to do something and choose at some point mm-hmm. to at least see. Because the only way we can figure things out is trial and error. So yeah, in that sense, yes, I think it's great to create a life for yourself and not just be stuck wondering but I, I don't think it's wasted time wondering what the best way to live a life is I think it's I think that is worthwhile but do you think that the answer for everyone is the same do you see that like the, the meaning of life for every single person is exactly the same thing I don't know but when I when I when I think about it my mind assumes that it is. Hmm, interesting, okay. For example, I think, like, sometimes I go down paths where I think that the per- the meaning of life is to, like, achieve true selflessness. And it's so easy for us to be selfish. And so this is, like, I don't know if that's true. So I just, like, try out thoughts and then I see if that could be it. And, like, so I sort of, and also, like, I find it uniting as for humanity to have one meaning. Yeah. I find it a little isolating and lonely for each individual to create their own meaning for life (laughs) you know what's funny like i think that you're an individual an individualist like normally like in your Mm -hmm. everyday life but in your core self you're a collectivist like you truly want the human experience to be shared yeah because it's more like cinematic that way and it's just it's (laughs) like it's just more special that way i mean if 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 the meaning of life was really for us to create our own meaning then why are we on a planet with so many other people we, we, we would just need because to be by isn't ourselves. it's so then. cool to think about, like, all of our meanings of life, like, intertwining and thinking about, like, how my meaning for, like, how the things that I want from my life brought me to a place where I, my, like, where, oh my gosh, brain, brought me to a place where I got to meet you who's also searching for your version of meaning mm-hmm. of life. And, like, that's, it's not the, it doesn't take away from the meaning. It just takes, it just brings two people together who maybe are on their own path, which I think mm-hmm. is cool. 
Yeah, I do. Yeah, you mean like just individual people going on our own journeys and then colliding with others, and we're all like living like living our own lives, but are bringing other people like in and out of it, and that's like a special yeah. thing. And it's like random. It's almost random. Like just atoms like bouncing around. Like it's like we're yeah. just bouncing around <laughs> on like our path, and we happen to meet you, and like that's be- like that's kind of beautiful in and of itself. That like yeah, we just randomly thought like there was. There was a very specific time and place that we got to meet, and that happened, and we became friends. Yeah. I Yes. I think that is cool. But I still, I think, would rather all of humanity be working towards something, and, like, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I want the meaning of life to be something that's maybe unanimous, and the idea that it's something you create for yourself, according to Jean-Paul, is uh, a bit... I don't know, exciting and freeing, yet has an undertone of disappointment, I would say. Oh, really? So, yeah, because it's like, come on, like, we're, okay, I guess, and also that seems the most obvious one, too, which maybe that means it's true, but it just, I'm like, no, like, I know that there's, like, this complexity that we all have, like, we're not fully getting it, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know, but. No, but I can totally see that, too. I can see how, like, it can be almost boring. Yeah, like, I'd ra- I would don't want that to be the answer, but maybe I don't ever want an answer, because yeah. it's like... Because yeah. then you have then you also stop looking. Right, and where's the fun in that? Yeah. The okay, fun but the journey. you kind of mentioned in the previous chapter that, or in the chapter we were just talking about, that, like, what's the point? Like, you can't just choose anything. You can't just choose mm-hmm. any old thing. And I think that is a good segue into, like, Nietzsche, who says... So Nietzsche. this chapter's title, like, the little quote is, The secret of the greatest... Fr- fruitfulness and the greatest enjoyment of existence is to live dangerously Nietzsche <laughs> he, he literally said tisk tisk the secret you're saying. the secret of having like the greatest joy of your existence is to live dangerously okay <laughs> yeah what did you what was your first he's angsty what was your first response to that oh that, um there, I, there, I, there it is. I chuckled yeah I chuckled but also I was excited because you already know this but I love Nietzsche only because he was the first philosopher that I ever read and that I, or I guess the one, the only, the first philosopher that I read seriously in college and it sort of like sparked my love of philosophy and I thought his way of thinking was so interesting. So I'm a big fan of Nietzsche, love to see that he's in this book, but his quote, I don't know why the author chose that quote for him because it seems, (laughs) it seems a bit trivial. Um, and, uh, but like he elaborates on it a lot in the chapter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah. 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 But yeah, actually, and it actually got pretty deep, this chapter, and it's sort of, it's sort of, I don't know, like I kind of felt it and started questioning a lot. Hmm, okay, interesting. Um, like what? Oh, actually, a lot of this rang true, because his his whole thing is like, okay, so yes, in, in, the, in the quote he said, live dangerously, but what the chapter is really about is not living like a shallow life. He's saying that you need to be constantly like living dangerously in the sense of, unlocking different parts of your mind and facing like bravely facing the realities oftentimes harsh negative realities of your existence and of your life and of your choices like yeah choosing the best choice for you but then allowing yourself to be brave with the choice and and face like the reality of that situation yes and I want to find a quote in here that I really liked uh let me see here oh yeah um, okay, yeah. So basically, he's saying that if you fit into the world, you are living an inauthentic life. 
So if you if you are fitting into society and societal norms, he's saying you are not living your life to the fullest and you are not getting like true affirmation for your existence, which I thought was like kind of crazy. Yeah, I have a question actually based on that. Mm, so okay. I think like what it made so when I first read it, I was like, oh my god, yeah, like everyone's just fitting into a groove, like they're just getting to the nearest groove to them and like sliding into it and just going along it. But I thought I started thinking about it. What if what if someone's true desire is because like he describes like the whole you know settle down with a spouse and have two kids and blah 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 mm-hmm. and like all that stuff that is being a groove but then I thought about it and asked myself what if that's just what most people want to do so it seems conforming but yeah. in reality that is what people want to do I know mm-hmm. that there are some people who don't yeah. but there's a lot of people I know who did that and are extremely happy Yeah, I mean, he says, many of us determine that our true selves have been stifled by our conformist society. So, are you saying, like, is is that true? Are we just, like, going along in, like, a shallow, surface-level life by doing the most common things and kind of what everyone else is doing? Or are we living honestly because we truly because that's what what we want? Yeah, or are we, are we, is that something just most people want? And so, it seems conformist because a lot of people are doing it. But in reality, very few people don't want to go off that beaten path. Um, I don't know. I mean... Like, just because the path is beaten, does it mean it's a bad path to take? Hmm. Um, well, let me ask myself that because I want... I've, I've lived in a very... I've lived in, I've lived a very classic life so far. I mean, I've gone on the stereotypical conformist track of high school, college, nine to five job, definitely want to get married and have kids at some point in my life so yeah I'm kind of on that beaten path but I wouldn't say that I'm I don't know like but do you want to be so then wait I have a actually let's go down this exercise so (laughs) let's say that's the case right like that's what you want from life do you want it because it feels safe or do you want it because that's genuinely what you want well one of my one of my motivators as a human being is security I will take action that will make me feel more secure in my life, generally. So, yes, it, it, it is because it makes me feel, like, more stable and secure, but that's a good feeling. I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything. The last thing I want to do is be, like, a traveler all the time that, like, I don't know. I, I want to know where I'm going to sleep every night. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to have that be a question. But for some people, that's super exciting and they mm-hmm. love that idea. So yeah. I think it's just a difference in personality. I do I disagree with Nietzsche in the sense that I don't think there's a right or wrong way to do it. Like, I, I think that you can do both. Like, you can do yeah. one or the other and you're fine. Because I think I, I don't know. I, I don't think by going along that classic predictable path, I'm lacking in confronting my true inner self. Right. And like, it, it brings... And so that's the thing. Like, I think, like, for you, it might not, it might mean on the surface, like, if you write it down on paper, it's pretty much what a lot of people have, right? Is mm-hmm. a husband, two kids, blah, 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 like, whatever yeah, it might be. Yeah, because that's the way to live, like, an easier, easier, stress-free life. We've, we've, we've figured it out that, like... But that's because, a, like, stress-free is one of your main, like, you want that from your life. And I guess maybe most people do. It's also the way, like, most people like do. financially, it's better to have a partner. Things are cheaper and you have two people that, you know, assuming both people work, I guess. But also it feels better. Like, it feels less lonely. And, and like, having a job instead of, like, doing, like, odd jobs here and there or whatever feels safer and allows you to do more things, too. Like, having a mm-hmm. stable income, you know? So, 
I think some of these are just like standard things that we as an advanced-ish society have figured out so far as this is what works for us. Yeah, which is fair. I think like it's it's interesting. I don't know. Like I think that it would be interesting to go down like a, like a thought exercise that is like if you didn't, if all of those things didn't matter, like if, or not even matter, but like does it balance out at the end? Does the, does the lack of being able to do what you truly want to do balance out with the security and the and the you know stability that you get from sacrificing those things hmm. I think you're I mean I don't want to speak for you but I feel mm. like you actually genuinely want the security and you want the stability I think some people do feel like they're sacrificing like their ability to travel or see yeah. the world or like I, more I love traveling I love seeing the world and maybe but then I think like deep down if money were no object or whatever would I spend my whole life traveling no, because I like vacations. And if you're traveling 24-7, that's not a vacation. That's just a life then. <laughs> and it becomes less fun. So <laughs> Yeah. So Which, like, know. makes sense. for, And that's the thing. Like, what I think it, what that do each you person think? has their very specific, like, view of it. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I think it was a very intriguing concept. Because I think, like, it's so important for everyone to do what they want to do and I, I thought that was a really interesting thing that he mentioned but mm-hmm. there is the reality of, of life and there is the reality of like you don't want to be stuck in a place where you're not enjoying life right and a, and a lot you're of the, trying to enjoy life yes and a lot of times people who go on that classic path I think a lot of us live our lives not like lacking in self-reflection and thinking deeply and looking at ourselves in the mirror that's why I think that's why time feels like it flies by sometimes is because we're not like internally thinking we're just going what's this through what's the, the phrase yeah yeah just going through the motions and i think neat uh, that's why i like nietzsche's me- message there where he's saying you need to like look within yourself and you need to face it and be vulnerable and, and honest like i like the quote that he said the point is to live one's life in the full complexity of what one is which is something much darker more contradictory more of a malstorm of an i don't know if i said the right of mm-hmm. impulses and passions of cruelty ecstasy and madness than is apparent to the civilized being who glides on the surface and fits smoothly into the world so he's literally saying like you need to look at your inner self and he says and he and allow wrote, for like the the contradictions and the ecstasy and allow all that for your stuff. madness to come yeah. out and your and your criminalness to come out and your immoral and moral thoughts to come out mm-hmm. because he is assuming that we, deep down we all have that mm-hmm. and i'm a big fan of self-reflection and digging deep i think yeah, yeah it's great we should do that bring out the chaos bring out the confusion hash it out mm-hmm. really figure out what you stand for in fact in a sense, that's sort of the the purpose of our podcast is to yeah, really exactly. flesh things I, I out. I really felt like a lot of and this dig stuff deep. was very... Yeah. And, and I liked his little... He had a little anecdote about... Basically, he was um, he was in a train and there it was someone who was like like had like hippie... An, a hippie outfit on. And hippies are known to be like that fully accepting, allow... Like, I wish I could... I kind of mm-hmm. just want to read it because it was so well put. Go ahead. Okay, cool. So... I'm going to start on page 52. Okay. A little bit, uh, like, halfway down the page. Okay. So, one day, as I was walking to the subway on my way to reach for the stars, a fellow my age approached me. I was wearing my workday chinos and a check shirt. He was decked out in full hippie regalia, well-worn bell-bottom jeans, tie-dyed t-shirt, and a long feather tucked into a dazzlingly, dazzling, oh my gosh, dazzlingly colored headband. <laughs> twister yeah i admired his entire presentation of himself it seemed joyful and daring 
Then he said, let me have a dollar, brother. I didn't feel like giving him a dollar, so I didn't. He then gave me a patronizing scowl and snarled, just like I figured, you're uptight. Perhaps he was right. I was, I really was uptight, but it struck me that in adopting the hippin, hippie binary ethnic, oh my gosh, <laughs> Jesus Christ, but, in, but it struck me that in adopting the hippie binary ethic of uptight versus with it, this guy was as conformist as any 1950s suburbanite. Mm-hmm. And I like thought that that, so that was the little clip, but I, mm-hmm. I thought that that was so poignant because like what we're trying to do is prevent that. Like you start to move so deeply into the other side that you start to like, there's like, there always feels like there's going to be an in-group or an out-group. Mm-hmm. And I think like that's always going to be the case. That's the reality of the world. But yeah. like we can all do a little bit more, just like marginally more to allow people to be who they are and like choose the path that they want to choose and not judge them for it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And I liked how like that hippie was like just as conformist as, as anyone else. Right. Being a hippie was actually the trendy thing to do. So even when you think you're like woke and doing that something different, the, yeah. you're kind of not in even. Itself. Um, and yeah, I also like, so I guess it like people who follow Nietzsche in that philosophy are expected to confront yourself every moment of your life to be constantly it, like looking at yourself being vulnerable letting out the chaos finding your inner criminal whatever every moment of your life that's how you live honestly and dangerously and i guess successfully and i and i wondered like that's not healthy though like i don't know where he got that because in my head i'm like yeah be be woke or whatever but is it healthy to be confronting those like inner truths about yourself all the time or like just even strive for that all the time because to me it just sounds exhausting and difficult right yeah and i think like even the author kind of mentioned that there always seemed to be another self hiding beneath the one i just found like do we really have one singular version or like a singular self like we have so many different identities that there's no there's yeah, n- right? how can we expect ourselves to find our true self in one like determination of it you know yeah. i just think it, he's almost like too obsessed with with self-reflection and like inner confrontation because he also believed that self-actualization should be the ultimate goal of all therapy so like i feel like therapy is just meant to make you feel better and live an yeah. easier <laughs> life simple but for Nietzsche and those who follow his philosophy believe that really you should just be living an honest life. Like you, sh- you should figure out who you are and, you know, not skate along the surface of life. Just really which I, which I do look think, inside. Like, if you take it like it, really, I like that concept because I think like there is almost too much of don't think, just do. Don't think, just do. Like yeah. and that is not necessarily helpful to anyone. I think it is important to like look inside yourself and know that hey I do have a bunch of different identities and a bunch of different things that I like and and whatever it might be but at the same time if you get stuck in that circle of like constantly trying to make sure you know who you are yeah like when do you stop and just like live yeah exactly because it'll never end you'll always like yeah like you said the author recognized it like after a while that effort felt feels futile to him where there's always like the, the author was like there always seemed to be another self hiding beneath the one I had just found. So he's constantly wrestling, figuring out his true self, finding it all. But then over time, you just keep finding more and more and more. Like, mm-hmm. like throughout. Which don't you feel like you kind of relate to that? Yes, like, like I you... totally relate to that. Yeah, every year, every day, every month, whatever. Don't you feel like you have just like like self realizations? Mm-hmm. And do you, do you think that's ever gonna stop? 
No, never. Yeah, it'll never stop. Never. We'll always be learning about ourselves and others and the world. It'll never stop. Yeah. But Nietzsche would say, keep at it. That's how you live a full life, but... Which I agree with to a certain extent. Like, keep yeah. keep having those conversations with yourself, but don't let it from live... Don't let it stop you from living the life that you want to live, I, is my right. approach. Right. I think I have a more hedonistic opinion, where it's, which is just, at the end of the day, you have to you should be feeling happy more than you're feeling like negative emotions. So if you're doing a ton of self-actualization and are getting depressed and stressed out and frustrated, then I would say stop doing that and do yeah. something else. But I don't think self-actualization has to be depressing. I, I don't think it always is. I think Nietzsche thinks that it is because a lot of times when you do like self-realizations, you're finding like flaws and you're finding like, oh, am I a selfish person? Am Wait, I really? This? Do you like, think? I feel like I, I have equally good and negative thoughts about myself when I yeah, think about I, like self. I, I think so too. I think, I think, but maybe we haven't dug deep enough, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like maybe we're maybe, all like crazy. Maybe, but I crazy. think I just choose, I think we both just choose to accept that there are good things and there are bad things. And, like, I want to know as many yeah. good things as I do bad things. Right. Yeah, I agree. A lot of my self-realizations are, like, positive, good things. A lot of them are neutral. They're yeah. just kind of... That, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but maybe we have to unlock another layer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Perhaps. Which, yeah. I mean, it seems like a lot of philosophers, at least the ones in this book so far, have sort of, like, a negative feel. I mean, the our third, our third philosopher in this set of three is a another pessimist so that was so a true negative one. thinker yeah we can read his this is <laughs> his name is giacomo leopardi italian poet and philosopher poet and philosopher that's cool pessimist so his quote was nature with her customary beneficent benefice jesus I have no nature idea. with her customary beneficence has ordained that man shall not learn how to live until the reasons for living are stolen from him that he shall find no enjoyment until he has become incapable of vivid pleasure. <laughs> a true. I literally, I didn't know the meaning of the word pessimist until I read that little phrase. I was like, wow, damn. Yeah, but <laughs> that but, feels morbid. Honestly, I didn't even think it sounded morbid. I think it sounded really like like the age old quote of you don't know what you got till it's gone. True. And like and he's he's literally just saying here, you need lows to feel highs. You won't feel high until you have been at your lowest low like yeah. that's how I interpreted it I agree but like it just seems a little aggressive to th to say I mean I know he's he's obviously a philosopher so he's trying to keep it yeah he's trying to pack as much of a punch in his phrase but I do think that like at some level you don't need to you don't need to like know you can know what you have even before you're it capable you. yeah, yeah you're very capable yeah because well because we can we can imagine it not being there like we don't have to have it actually we don't actually have to hit rock bottom mm -hmm. to feel gratitude right. for what we have exactly yeah exactly i agree and also i thought it was funny because <laughs> the the author said for leah party life was a non-stop bummer and this is <laughs> one of leah party's quotes things can only get so bad and then they get worse <laughs> a true <laughs> pessimist that right there i was yeah. like ah pessimism at its finest I've, I've literally like i know we throw the word pessimist around so often like in just normal day day to day yeah that like i've never like truly understood what the pessimist philosophy is about and wow it's a it's truly about being a pessimist no literally this is what okay so in this chapter this is what he believes this is the philosophy it's a total anti-growth mindset it is it it is a rejection rejection of growth and progress because they believe that and i quote this 
In a world full of trapdoors that willy-nilly drop us into frustration and despair, working for progress is a joke. And a sick joke at that. <laughs> Jesus. Like, the, the drama in that message, though. <laughs> yeah, like, the world is. is full of trapdoors that just drop us into these horrible situations. So trying to do anything is a sick joke because you're just gonna get <laughs> but i was like oh that's dramatic but didn't weren't you also kind of like yeah that's life all right see like i like, was just <laughs> gonna say i feel like it actually like in a way it it kind of describes how we take life very like like you know like not so seriously mm-hmm. because later he said like he says once we fully acknowledge that life is doomed to perpetual disappointment we can have a <laughs> which is already heavy okay. but we can have a good laugh about it and turns out and that turns out to be liberating yes which i, I was like i yeah. kind of get that Did you relate like, to i that actually kind of feel that yeah like yeah. if you accept that like life will be disappointing or like there's gonna have like you're gonna have hardships just laugh at them and like know that that okay oh there yeah. goes another one yeah it's like the idea that like life is a shit show and <laughs> yeah. like enjoy it you know where it's yeah. just like being able to laugh at it so yeah there, there i don't was... agree but i i get it i can really feel what he's trying to yeah. say yeah and i actually related to it because that that's total. that sometimes that really is my sense of humor where i'm like how could like i i think it is funny when things just are like are bad like one after the other and things just <laughs> yeah. you can't seem to like yeah. like the universe just kind of like kicks you when you're down again and again and again and being able to laugh at it does make you feel good mm-hmm. and so yeah that was a positive message within this chapter yeah that like leopardi wanted us to laugh at the reality of the life that he felt was horribly <laughs> yeah. disappointing and full to of be honest doors. i feel like this really reminded me not like of you but like of our friend like of the french yeah. like us three especially like outside of me and ali as i'm sure if we haven't talked yeah. about her enough we have another best friend jess and at, like in our group in our friendship i feel like that's really like what it is all about we're kind of yeah. just like well i guess it's it's pouring rain let's just go out and dance in it you yeah. know like it's not about well we also like we also got this from a comedian and where when, whenever technology would break, he would go, yes, yes, <laughs> yeah, that's true. yes, like he, he would cheer like and in general, like <laughs> yeah. whenever whenever technology would break or, or like, like things bad would things bad. would happen yeah. or like shit would start hitting the fan. He would be like, yes, yes, this is exactly what I want. <laughs> that's exactly what I want. I want my computer <laughs> yeah. to break right as I yeah. needed to use it. Yes. <laughs> and he like, cheer- he like sarcastically just like celebrated it. And to be honest, that impacted me. And I do that. I do that now. And it feels good. It does like, help. It makes it It's kind of like that yeah. same thing of like, it's, this sounds so stupid, just the image of it. But you know how they say like when you cry, you're supposed to like smile for like 10 seconds so you feel better? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like while you're crying, that's what it kind of feels like. I'm it's like, do you do I'm that? Gonna, no. You know no. what? When I'm yeah. in the throes of a deep sob, I'm not going to sit there and stare at myself in the mirror and just smile. It would be like terrifying. Myself. If I did that, it'd be terrifying. If I looked in, my, in the mirror and smiled while I was sobbing, it would be a clip out of a horror movie. Like, <laughs> I, it would be really disturbing. Yeah, be a little too much. But in theory, like, that's the idea. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And he says, he who has the courage to laugh is a master of the world, much like he who is prepared to die. So, I like how he says that you have to have the courage to laugh because life is so painful and hard. You have to do the brave thing and laugh at it. Yeah, <laughs> like, calm down, Leo. So Pardon. intense. Yeah, I know. He was funny. This was but like, again, like, again, I kind of get it. Like, at the same time, I'm yeah. like, yeah, like, laugh about it. Like, take life less because seriously. Because life is hard, actually. And if, like, it, it's, all about, it's all about your perspective and 
we could talk for days about how difficult life is and how every day is sort of a struggle in some way, no matter what. Mm-hmm. But like, it's kind of it kind of brings you down to like dwell on that because there are just as many positives as there are negatives. Mm-hmm. But yeah, sometimes it does feel like you have like it's it's a courageous thing to laugh and not so much laugh, but just to choose positive positivity and to choose to be like happy um, or at least to think positive thoughts during life, which can be a real pain in the ass sometimes that that is courageous and brave to some mm-hmm. extent. So, yeah, I guess I sort of agree with him there. Um, and then he's, it seems like he also had, had the point of like, you know, you know, the classic thing where they say like, don't, don't strive to be happy, strive to like do something. And then happiness is a byproduct of that. Mm -hmm. That's what he, he also made that point in this chapter, Mm -hmm, I feel like too, where he said to feel pleasure in any act or activity, you have to pursue some end other than pleasure. Mm -hmm. So pursuit of happiness is a guaranteed dead end. But if you give up on that pursuit, you just might have some wild and crazy times out there. So Yeah. Which is, that's, it's, I didn't realize that, like, that message was rooted back to him or maybe pessimism, I guess, which is interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but just the- Which you I, wouldn't expect. Yeah. But I think it's a good message that, yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't, like, wish for happiness and try and do something hoping it'll make you happy. You have to have another motive, any other motive, and then happiness may, might just come as a, as a byproduct. Yeah. yeah. And which, if you laugh at all, all the things that go wrong, I mean- then you're yeah. it's right there happiness is it's right there right with there. you it's within your grasp <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah okay does he quote woody allen a lot in this book because no remember he had that little snippet about woody allen where he was describing at the end of the movie like he realized where is it where is it oh Shoot. was he quoting the same thing because he quoted he ended this chapter with a woody allen quote again where he said my one regret in life is that i am not someone else <laughs> that's a wild quote yeah, I, but didn't he quote that? He That's what he said in the previous chapter, I think, and I think he oh, was really? referring back to okay, it. Okay, so yeah. it's the same Woody Allen quote. He's not quoting an additional Woody Allen quote. No, no, no. Okay, good. I was just wondering. I don't, like, I don't think so. It's pretty bizarre if he is. I don't remember exactly, but <laughs> oh, man. that's the vibe I got from it. So, uh, <laughs> that'd be funny. So, any last <laughs> thoughts here? Do we like pessimism? Are there redeeming thoughts and ideas within pessimism? What about existentialism? Is the meaning of life a good question to ask? Like, you know. You know, what I'm learning over time, like, over the course of this book is that I like a lot of these concepts, but I don't believe in any one of them wholeheartedly. Like, I don't fully believe in hedonism, but I like some of their concepts. I don't fully believe in existentialism, but I like some of their concepts. I think, like, right now where I'm at is that I'm definitely, like, Nietzsche's words, like, really struck a chord with me just because I really... I just think that it's so true. Like, you you live in this world, and you have to be true to yourself, and you have to do things that you... You have to be, like, self... You have to self. face yourself in, mm-hmm. in all its glory, whether that's yeah. positive or negative. Exactly. And you do you have, have to ha- have courage to, like, choose what you want and let that be yeah. your choice and, you know, deal with the consequences, which is why I like the first part of this. So, yeah. I don't know. Like, I just am really enjoying not even, like, picking one and saying, like, that's what I am, mm-hmm. but just, like picking apart and trying to learn about all of them so that I can kind of get an idea of what I like. I agree. Yeah. I think, I think I agree with you in that it's not necessarily about finding one that's, that we think is the right one. Mm -hmm. It's more about finding truths about the world perhaps, or just things that could be true or just, I don't know, like. It's like interesting, you know? I think it's just important to talk about Mm -hmm. because there's so many differing viewpoints just, just within this book. 
but they all somehow seem to work together to form almost like a life like a life philosophy for lack mm-hmm. of a better word yeah but so i think that's interesting it's like like this this book is a perfect ex- example of how there's there's like opposite philosophies in here like an optimism and a, an optimist and a pessimist or like a like a nihilist and like a whatever the one is where they feel like life you have to be like just like a, like a, a stoic so there's so many there's so many differing philosophies but they all have something that's that's like a good takeaway mm-hmm. i think yeah and i think that's can be symbolic for our like us as people and like our like our differences and our thoughts yeah totally so. That's so true. It totally had it. There's like a metaphor there that, no matter who the like, if if everyone was a philosophy, everyone yeah. has something to add, and every everyone has something to, to like provide. Just it, yeah. even if it, even if you don't agree with it, it's just interesting. Yeah, and don't you think you're getting more color in your own thoughts and in your life by reading all these different viewpoints? Yeah, absolutely. it's worth it, isn't it? Totally, completely worth it. But yeah, okay, not to like get all like meta at the end here, but <laughs> right. Just, I'm just reminded that like I I think this is important and like it feels like good to be exposed to all these different ideologies and stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, well, thanks for joining us, guys, on episode three. Yeah, we got yeah, three more episodes. No nope, episodes, three more chapters coming at you next week. Should we do more than three? I feel like those those last three went by super fast. No, I like three. Oh, okay. I mean, it's already, we've already been talking for, like, guy. 40 minutes. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe. I don't know. You guys can let us know if you want to give us some feedback on that. True. But true, sneak true. peek, we have a humanist next week, whatever that means. I don't know what that is. Aren't we all humanists? I guess we'll find out. <laughs> yeah. A transcendentalist. <gasps> oh, guys, I'm not going to tell you who this is, but I love this guy. <laughs> I don't know him, but, like, obviously. But, like, <laughs> he is a real G. Let me just tell you that. And the third one is a theologian. Ali's like, Ooh. he's my best friend. Guys, I'm hyped for yeah, next Ali's week. super hyped. I'm hyped. <laughs> I already like got, I already got Nietzsche in this one. She's <laughs> grinning. Guys, I love transcendentalism. It's just close to home because I'm from the East Coast and that's where Walden Pond is. And if you know about Walden Pond, then first of all, <laughs> we're probably good friends or we could be good friends. <laughs> but uh, Walden Pond's a very special place for transcendentalism. If you know, you know. But if you don't know, tune in next week. Yeah, or read the book. Or read the book. Or read the book with us. Yeah, you should. I mean, obviously, no pressure, but like. <laughs> yeah, honestly, get the book. It's a good, good book, yeah. And we're not even, we have no ulterior motives for pushing this book either. We, we, we actually randomly chose it. Yeah, I'm scared for that day when we like, no, it won't happen. Do you think the author's going to be mad at us? Uh, why? Because we're, we're doing exactly We're like what he reading wants. his book, interpret. Like, what if we're interpreting his book incorrectly? he can't control that oh yeah true yeah he can't control that and yeah maybe he'll like it maybe he'll listen maybe he'll hate know. it and okay. that's what but he would be okay with it because it seems like he's an open-minded guy you know true yeah he does seem like an open-minded guy okay yeah. all right well let we're, know, we're rambling what'd you say i said let us know daniel daniel klein yeah, yeah. give us a holler if yeah. you like what let, if you like what we're doing let here us know what you think yeah okay <laughs> all right guys hang in there and we'll catch you on the flip side okay <laughs> Laugh at life. Yeah. And we'll see you next time. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, actually, wait. Before we go, I want to say one thing. My my brother's name is Joey, and one of his one of his quotes that I'll never forget that he said was, "I was like Joey, like what do you like? What is your what is your morning routine?" And he said, he said, "I wake up in the morning and I walk straight to the mirror and I laugh at myself for five minutes straight just to set the tone for the day, and then I go about my day." (laughs) 
So give that a try, guys. Wow, that's <laughs> just so on brand. Stare at yourself in the that's mirror. So on brand. And laugh at yourself. So. I kind of like that though. I, I feel like that's, that's actually really funny. It's <laughs> like a subtle just reminder. The tone. Like you're a joke. And life everything's is chaotic. Yeah. yeah. Life is chaotic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this moment is chaotic, and yeah. every moment after <laughs> yes. that will be as well. <laughs> yes. Yes. So give that a try. Let us All know right, how it we'll goes. Stay cha- chaotic, everyone. Yeah. Do that. Okay. Bye. Bye.